mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Nicole. Didn't do a little jokey intro there. I, to be honest, no. I couldn't think of anything funny to, to say about Tom Hanks. Usually oh. I like to relate it to the, the, the topic that we've got. Uh, I couldn't think of anything, so I just said Dan. A bit boring, but you know. You could have said Forrest. Dan, I thought about Dan Gump. I could have been Jenna. Uh, this entire <laughs> episode is just going to be you doing Forrest Gump impressions, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, it's dead. Life is like a box of chocolate. <laughs> oh, so if you haven't guessed already, this is our Tom Hanks episode. We're going to be talking about two Tom Hanks films. And uh, this time it's Philadelphia and A Beautiful Day in a Neighbourhood. After that, we're going to pick our topic and our films for the next episode. And the final section is Stitch Up, where you lost for the fourth time in a row and you had to watch mm. Mac and Me, that classic, classic film that everybody loves from their childhood mac and me uh, definitely not an et ripoff is it no not at all <laughs> no before we get to that part we have the first bit which we call anything goes where we just talk about anything we want i've got a couple of bits to talk about nothing major i mentioned last week that i'm waiting for my copy of tenet to arrive so we can talk about it on the podcast and just before we started recording i heard the postman knock and i thought oh is it here? Which is why I rushed off to go to the uh, front door and it was, it's not here, unfortunately. So no, uh. no tenant review this week, unfortunately. Hopefully it arrives over Christmas. Oh yeah, having said that, actually, th- this episode is going to be out in between Christmas and, and New Year's, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, Merry Christmas happy, and... Happy belated Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. it's in that, that funny period where nothing happens in between christmas and new year's so i hope you had a wonderful time and merry christmas everyone the illusion of podcasting then so what did you do for your christmas day how was it well we went to my cousin's house and spent christmas there so just like regular christmas food like a roast and veggie and salads and too many desserts and uh, the young kids, I think Santa would, would come and, you know, give the kids some prezies. I've given them something pretty easy this year, giving them Zoom memberships because I don't Zoom. know what... Zoom, Zoom. memberships. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they could podcast. Did, <laughs> did I tell you this the other week? Did we make this joke the other week off air? No, it wasn't us, so mate. I, uh, I made that joke. Oh. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to get um, my cousin's uh, zoo memberships. And they're like, Zoom? I'm like, no, no, zoo, so they can go to the zoo. I'm like, oh, no, I thought it was like Zoom, so they, they can watch their kids while they're at home, while they go out and do stuff. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm getting them. It's a good idea, though. Zoo or the Zoom. Zoom, yeah, so you don't have to be <laughs> with your children, so you can just leave them at home and you don't have to interact with them. I Maybe like that so. idea. <laughs> That's something you get. If I had children, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd lock them under the stairs and then put a camera in there. And oh <laughs> I can say it because I don't have real children. You don't have real children, but you have fake children. I have imaginary children, yeah, and I hate yeah. them. They're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So you spent the day at your, your cousin's house and gave the children yeah. zoo memberships. <laughs> and what did you get? Did you get anything nice? Uh, 
I don't believe I'm getting any presents. Oh week. come on! What did you? What have you asked Santa for? Coal in my slippers because I've been a very, very naughty girl. No, I find uh, that very yeah. difficult to believe. <laughs> what would I want for Christmas? A vaccination. <laughs> vaccine a a fucking holiday that's what i would like yeah you would like a holiday back to the uk yeah and i'd like a holiday to australia how funny yeah we should do like a bat on thing at the airport yeah do like the holiday the holiday (laughs) i sleep i'll stay at your mum's and then you stay at my parents house (laughs) and they'll overfeed you so what did you have for your christmas dinner do you have roast dinner then uh, australian is it like same as the uk yeah, we do a lunch, probably like a roast lamb. Is it a vegan lamb? Definitely not a vegan lamb. I wonder what they're going to do for my brother and my sister-in-law. Tofu. They'll just eat the potatoes. A tofurkey may be Tof- all right, but not... A what? But a tofurkey. Tofu? Is that a real thing? Yeah, people do that, man. <laughs> Tofu turkey. <laughs> I got it. I mean, you didn't have to clarify what it was. Oh, okay. When you said tofurkey, I was like, oh, what could that be? Cheeseburger? No. <laughs> Um, I've never heard of it, but is it in the shape of a turkey? I don't know. I've never seen one. I've just heard of them. Do they put like pretend giblets in there that you've got to pull out with your hand? Yeah. I know this might be sacrilege to say as as a British person, but I think roast dinners are vastly overrated. I I don't get the fascination with them. Most English people are shit, shit at cooking anyway, and they just absolutely blast the vegetables and they taste like shit did you have too many roasts when you were younger no i didn't actually i i did up until i was about 12 years old and then from that point i just made all of my own decisions and i didn't ever eat vegetables after that at all uh, until i got to about 25 and started taking responsibility for my for my health and well-being <laughs> Uh, and now I have to drink all my vegetables, which is depressing. But um, hopefully next year, I'll, I'll have had a bit of surgery and hopefully I'll be able to have a proper dinner. So I might enjoy a Christmas dinner next year for the first time ever. Pigs in blankets is the one thing I look forward to on mm. Christmas Day. Sausages wrapped in bacon. Do you have that? Is that, a, is that an Australian not, thing as well? I mean, you can you can get them, but it's not very... I don't think it's a very Australian thing. Kangaroo stuffing. <laughs> Oh my god! Have you ever had kangaroo meat? No, I haven't actually. I, I, it's meant to be very lean, and um, yeah, I, I, totally. I had always meant to try it. Are you big on rare, um, rare mm. meat? Like yes, not fully cooked up. Oh, then you'll yes, I love it. You'll love kangaroo meat. Then you can't cook it well done. Mm. Yeah, it has to still be a bit rare. Otherwise, it's too tough. Too tough and chewy, like a steak. If mm. you overdo a steak, it's very yeah. it's horrible. It's just, yeah, it's like chewing a bit of cardboard. What have you been up to? You've been up to much? Work has taken over my life at the moment. Work and podcasting. Yeah. So I'm hoping to change that a little bit next year and focus on me a little bit because I need to. It's important to, to put yourself first sometimes, mate. I mean, I guess for me, that's the, the one of the things that has been positive of the... If you have to put a positive spin on the pandemic and, and COVID and stuff, which you have to, I think, you know, mm. you have to take the positives out of the situation is that I've had enough time to focus on myself and look after myself, you know, exercise. Last year was was carnage. We were both working on that job and I was working away a lot of the time. I was backwards and forwards between my hometown and the, and where we were yeah. working. And I, and I didn't have much time to focus on myself. So my body really took a, took a, 
took a, a beating last year. So one thing about mm. this year is that I've been able to put myself first a bit. And you have to, you have to, you have to find a time to do that. So hopefully you find a bit more time next year. That is the plan. You know, they say that you're most productive when you wake up super early to do shit. So maybe if I can get myself in a routine to wake up at like 4am, maybe not oh. that early. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still awake playing The Last of Us 2 at 4am. <laughs> What have you been watching? I watched a film called Little Monsters. Uh, mm. Not the Fred Savage one, as Sarah asked me. But a uh, 2019 Lupita Nyong'o film. Uh, it's an Australian film as well. And it's yeah. about a zombie outbreak. And there's this guy who's a, a man-child. And he has to look after his nephew and a bunch of other kids that he's on a like a school trip with in a zoo. And there's a zombie outbreak. And I thought it was very funny, actually. I enjoyed it. I would, I would recommend that if you want something a bit silly, a silly comedy horror film. I, get, I think I put it on because it popped up on Now TV and it said, because you watch Shaun of the Dead, watch Little Monsters. I wasn't holding out much hope for it, but it was good. I enjoyed it. So I'd recommend that one. After that, I watched Alita Battle Angel. I've kind of been putting that off because I didn't really look like my sort of thing. And I was right. It wasn't. It, I didn't think it was very good. It was very dull what is it it's like a a dystopian future set like 500 years in the future and there's a robot and maybe christoph waltz fixes a robot and Uh, yeah yeah yeah, it's rubbish i thought it was crap i fell asleep a few times actually so it's a bit naughty (laughs) for me to keep it on my list and and i rated it i gave it i think i think i gave it two out of five on Letterboxd and that was mainly because the special effects were quite good. I watched a film called The Great Outdoors which is a film that I remember from my childhood and I I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid but I didn't enjoy it at all as an adult. I thought that was crap. So not a great start. (laughs) Then I watched a film called Stranded which is about a load of blokes that get capsized on a boat and they get trapped in it. And they get stranded. (laughs) Yeah yeah that was that was rubbish as well. (laughs) <laughs> and then I watched a film called uh, this is where it starts to get good because I watched a film called Bad Education which uh, is not the Jack White uh, it's uh, is this um, the Hugh Jackman one yes it's the yeah, Hugh Jackman yeah I watched one. that earlier this way this year I remember I thought it was really good I thought it was yeah and I, I did not I did not see it coming um, maybe I should have done but uh, spoilers for Bad Education uh, yeah. But as you've seen it, uh, let's discuss it briefly. So Hugh Jackman is a, a, they call it a superintendent, right? And he's like in charge of the school in some way, yeah. I guess, like the, the, like the business side of it. Is he of like it. a principal kind of thing? Well, he's not the principal. There is another principal, but he's in charge. I, I think it's like he's in charge of more the administration of, you know, funding, yeah, right. getting the funding, uh, working on the PR of the school. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's how it kind of appeared to me. And someone in his office gets found out for committing fraud. She's buying things on the company credit card, not paying it back. And Hugh Jackman's character is like, oh, you, you know, we need to fire you because you're a sociopath and you're stealing from the school. Yeah. Anyway, it gets to the end and um, it turns out he's been on a rub as well. And he's yeah. between them. They stole millions and millions of pounds. And um based on a true, true story. True story. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. It's a very interesting story. And I thought the film was very well made, actually. I thought it was really, really good. I thought Hugh Jackman was brilliant in it. Um, I would like to see more Hugh Jackman do more of that sort of thing, more of those dramatic roles. Because like I said, either he's Logan or he does a musical thing. 
and I am not I obviously think... a fan of musical things, but I'd like to see him do more drama stuff, 100%. I thought he was brilliant in this. I thought he was fantastic. Have you seen Australia? No, I haven't. That does look a little bit wet for me. A little bit wet? A little bit wet, yeah. A little bit like a soft <laughs> flannel. <laughs> I love that too. After that, I watched Turner and Hooch, as I said I oh, was last yeah. time. Fucking love that film. I still love it. I think it's great. This is not your room. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs anyway. And I, lo- I love K9 and I love Tom Hanks. And it's great. And, you know, still a bit, you know, still gets you in the heart a little bit. Mm. It's brilliant. I haven't seen it for a couple of years. So it was nice to revisit that. And you didn't choose it for the podcast. And I said I'd watch it. So I did. Sorry. Anyway. That's all right. I watched it anyway. Um, I downloaded Disney Plus, actually. I got another Disney Plus subscription because oh. um, it was the only place that it was available on. Um, and uh, they've just announced last week that Disney did a massive presentation, which I, I did a... Heaps a, of Star um, Wars. Yeah, loads of Star yeah. Wars stuff. I, I did a, a long Instagram post about it and just sort of highlighted some of the things that interest, interested, me, <laughs> interested me most. But one of the things I thought was really random is that they're doing a Turner and Hooch TV show. What? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Whatever is next. Are they going to make an ET TV show? Um, <laughs> back to the Future TV show? Uh, I would actually like to see a Back to the Future TV yeah, show. I'll that take that back. Good. I think that'd be really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be a little bit too much like Quantum Leap, though. But yeah, that, and that's it, mate. Uh, apart from the podcast films, that's all I've watched. Have you had time to get much into your brain? Um, the first thing I watched was the house bunny. That was okay. Anna Faris. Yeah. It was a Saturday morning and I needed to watch something really easy. So that was the first thing that I put on. And then I watched something quite good called the glass castle. Okay. Which is a true story about this family who, you know, the mum and dad, they want to educate their family the way that they want to. And they kind of, they live all over the place kind of thing. But her dad's an alcoholic and, you know, the kids suddenly realise that this lifestyle's not that great. So once they get a little bit older, they start making their own money and education so they can move away from their family. But, yeah, it's good. Okay. I watched Pay It Forward, which when I was a kid, I was just like, yeah, this is such a great movie. And I watched it on Saturday. And I was like, wow. No. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of pay it forward is really lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess so. It, it's yeah. too sentimental for me. I remember it. It's, that's Hayley Joel Osment, isn't it? The kid from, I was going to say Saved by the Bell. But I mean, it's, it's the sixth sense, yeah. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Kevin Spacey. But, um, yeah. and H- Helen Hunt, I think, is also in it, if I remember Correct. correctly. Back when Helen yeah. Hunt was in every film. She was in Twister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the first Helen Hunt film you think of is Twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as good as it gets, cast yeah. away. Yeah, pay it forward. So you, it didn't hold up for you? No. Um, a new film that came out this year was called Ye- A Life in a Year with Cara Delevingne and Will Smith's son. That was pretty cheesy. Might be something for you for Stitch Up. Possibly. It was a bit too, bit too corny. Oh, I watched a, few, a couple of classics this week as well that were on TV. One was Matilda, which I used to love when I was little. Oh, it's got that kid in it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. can't stand that kid. <laughs> and um, it definitely has aged. Like the things that 
happened in that film was just like, yeah, it's very politically incorrect. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Very much so. It came out in the nineties, didn't it? Yeah. Like not, I want to say 96, 97 ish, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just things that, you know, you wouldn't do to kids and how, well, I think that's part of the whole film. I guess. It's a story though, yeah. isn't it? She's isn't yeah. she mistreated? Yeah. And her te- and her principal's a complete asshole and very, very odd character. And then I watched Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. It's my favourite Indiana Jones film, that is. Yeah. I love that. I think it's great. I actually I've been to uh Jordan. Oh, have you? Petra. Yeah. I've yeah. been to Petra. So it's kinda of cool to see you only I don't think because the interior of them going into the cave that's that's all studio yeah but I've seen the the outside of that I've always wanted to go there as well I when I was in yeah. Venice actually I I had a uh, I very briefly tried to find the library because they shot the library in um parts of Venice yeah. and obviously there's a boat chase in it in Venice and stuff as well yeah, um, but I didn't I didn't manage to find a library Sarah's been and she she sent me a when we had this conversation, she sent me a picture of a library because she's seen loads oh, of movie cool. locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's nice to go and see these these places. Um, but Indiana Jones, I love The Last Crusade. They're um, making another one now, aren't they? Another Indiana Jones. Apparently so. I, th- I, I think it's been announced. I don't, I think I'm all right to say that. And I, I'm sure it's been announced. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been offered a job on Indiana Jones, Dan? No, but if anyone is listening and is working on Indiana Jones, uh, I'll put my hand up for the accounts department. I can manage your invoices like a motherfucker. <laughs> I've got an alpha sorter. I can put them in. I can sort them alphabetically. I'm very efficient. Uh, spreadsheets. I'm good with spreadsheets. Stamping lots of paperwork. Oh, I love stamping. I love it. Didn't I tell you how much <laughs> I love stamping when we were working on the films? What about that um, that machine I used to use with Petty Cash? Oh, the calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah How have we got on to talking about accounts for me because indiana jones oh jones like, yeah. yeah um and the last thing i watched was won't you be my neighbor which is a documentary about Ooh. fred rogers Did, have you seen this yes i also watched it because of uh the film i rented it on yeah. amazon it's a little bit um i guess as we'll talk about a beautiful day in the neighborhood you know, that film is quite uplifting. And there was, I guess, in the documentary, it showed a few negative aspects of, you know, the TV show and Fred Rogers. That's what I liked. Yeah. I liked that they went into that, yeah. I enjoyed how they spoke about him using the puppets to voice his various sides, facets of his personality. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it was a good medium um, with which to talk to children about some very important subjects as well. There's yeah. one of them... One of the episodes he spoke about assassination when uh, Kennedy got assassinated. I think I would have appreciated something like that as a kid. I remember when I was watching it, I was thinking of when I was a kid and the Gulf War was happening in the early 90s. Mm. And it was scary to see this stuff on the news because that's the first time you kind of been exposed to violence and war as a child. I remember Mm. speaking to my parents about it and it was very scary. It's like, what? There's this thing called war and death and, and yeah. people go to war and they kill each other and it's scary. So I I think I would have very much appreciated a, a, a show aimed at me at that age yeah. that would have spoken about it a bit and, you know, that would have said it's okay to be scared and because yeah. the world is scary. It's a scary place. And Well, for me, because I think Gulf War, I think I was about two or three, so I was quite young. Yeah. 
mine was 9-11. I was fucking petrified when that happened. And in the documentary, they actually got Fred to do a, a small stint or like an advert. And he felt a bit lost doing that because he hadn't been on television for a period of time. It was a couple of, it was a couple of years before he passed away as well. And mm. he'd been doing it for like 30, 35 years, something like that. So he did a lot of good. All right, then. So on that note, then, should we move on to the main section of the show? Yes. Let's do it then. Let's move on to section two, which is our Tom Hanks bits. And uh, we're going to be talking about Philadelphia and, as we said, a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. It was my choice of topic, so whoever chooses the topic has to do a little intro. And I think the thing that I've been finding most fun about these intros is a quiz. So I'm just going to do a quiz. Uh, No surprises here. It's always a quiz. I thought you were just going to have a little chat, you know, talk about Tom Hanks, but that's all right. Quiz me. I think quizzes are more interesting than me just going, Tom Hanks was born in 1956 on July 7th. Is that the answer to the first question? What was Tom Hanks' (laughs) birthday? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not. No, so we're going to do a quiz. So it's quiz time. It's a quiz. It's time to answer some questions. It's not a piece of piss. That's my little little rhyme. And I've taken these questions from a YouTube channel called Quiz Quack. So courtesy of Quiz Quack, thank you very much. I've stolen your questions, but I've, I've... Giving you a name check, so it's fine. You're allowed to, as long yeah. as you tell the people who you stole them from, it's fine. So, are you ready? Yes. So, first question, nice and easy in my opinion. In Castaway, what name is given to Chuck Nolan's volleyball companion? Wilson. Correct. Question number two. What is the name of the fortune telling machine that grants Josh Baskin his wish in Big? Multiple choice. Is it A. Zoltar? Is it B, Zoltan, or is it C, Antonio Banderas? <laughs> it's got to be the third one. Incorrect. It's not Antonio Banderas. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go with A. Zoltar? Yeah. Correct. Yay. Okay, question number three. In Saving Private Ryan, Captain Miller eventually discloses to his unit his pre-war civilian career. What was it? Was it A, a librarian? Was it B, a cobbler? Or was it C, a high school teacher? What was A? Librarian. It's either A or C. Not cobbler. Or B. I'll just go A. A, librarian. Yeah. What was he, a teacher? Your gut was right, mate. It was a high school teacher. Question number four. What breed of dog was Hooch in Turner and Hooch? Was he A, an Alsatian? Was he a B, dog de Bordeaux? Or was he a C, a bulldog crossed with a Shih Tzu? Or also known as a bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) My brother's going to kill me if I get this wrong. Why? Because he, he works with animals. I'm going to say B. Correct. Yay. It had to be that one because that's not the one that I, I would come up with on my own. I've never heard of Dr. Bordeaux. To be honest, I thought Hooch was a Rottweiler. No. Oh, yeah, I guess. It looks like a Rottweiler Yeah, like, a, like a, a reddish Rottweiler. A yeah. light-coloured Rottweiler. What are you doing? What's <laughs> that scraping noise? I'm sorry. You get, you're getting comfortable at the expense of everybody else's <laughs> podcast experience. <laughs> are you comfy now? 
Yeah. Can we continue with the podcast? We, we can continue with the podcast. Let's carry on with the quiz then. Only two more questions to go. Cool. Question number five. In Apollo 13, Tom Hanks plays Jim Lovell. Which actors play the other two members of the flight crew? Jack Swigert and Fred Hayes. Is it A, Kevin Bacon and Bill Paxton? Is it B, Gary Sneeze and Gilbert Gottfried? Or is it C, Bill Pullman and Kevin Costner? I haven't seen this film in ages. I'm going to go with C. I feel like Kevin Costner was in it. Incorrect. Incorrect. It was A, wasn't it? It was A, Kevin Bacon yeah. and Bill Paxton. Okay, final question then. Tom Hanks has won two Best Actor awards at the Oscars. Which movies did he win these for? No multiple choice on this. You've got to name the two films that he won Best Actor for. Forrest Gump. Correct. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Incorrect. It was Philadelphia. Oh, there you go. There you oh, go. that would make sense. Uh, out of six questions then, one, two, three, 3.5 out of six. Not bad. Could be worse. Could be worse, could be better. Now that the quiz is done, shall we move on to the films and let's talk about our two films. And I would like to start with Philadelphia. So it was released in 1993. It was directed by Jonathan Demme, who his most notable piece of work probably was the film he directed prior to this, which was The Silence of the Lambs. The budget was 26 million and the box office was 207 million. And the synopsis for Philadelphia reads, well, the tagline is no one would take on his case until one man was willing to take on the system. And the synopsis reads, two competing lawyers join forces to sue a prestigious law firm for AIDS discrimination. As their unlikely friendship develops, their courage overcomes the prejudice and corruption of their powerful adversaries. So yeah, it's a film about Tom Hanks' character, Andrew Beckett, Denzel Washington plays Joe Miller, and Antonio Banderas is in it as well as Tom Hanks' partner, uh, Andrew Beckett's partner. And as we said in the synopsis read, Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks, they play lawyers and it starts off their rival lawyers. Beckett's working for this prestigious law firm, as we said, and it's clear that he's a hardworking lawyer. He's a man of integrity. He seems to put everybody else before himself. He talks to his mother on the phone and he's more concerned with her than he is for his own health. And it's pretty early on that we find out that Beckett has been diagnosed with AIDS, HIV and AIDS. And there's only one other film that I could think of that I've seen that talks about AIDS, and that's Dallas Buyers Club. There's not that many films that talk about it. I Googled it as well, and another film that features it, and I guess it's a play more than anything, is, is Rent. I've never heard of it. Rent is a musical, so naturally I've never seen it. Right. But my mum and my sister love Rent. Uh, and they swear mm. by it, but it's a fucking musical, so they, they can just fuck off and stay, <laughs> just stay well away from me. It's about AIDS. It's about Andrew Beckett, who has the AIDS, HIV and AIDS virus. But I would say that it, this film is more about Joe Miller, Denzel Washington, and his character. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I feel like his character kind of represents society in a way, because he's not mm-hmm. a bad person. He's just grossly mis- misin- misinformed um he's a bigot he has uh views about homosexuality he's a homophobe and yeah. the way he expresses it is not very pleasant it's not very nice it's difficult to watch and there was one scene but i appreciated that i thought that, that it was good to show that complexity in a character because someone can be a good person but be misinformed and yeah. I think when this came out in 1993, there were some misconceptions about the AIDS virus and people were yeah. worried about, about 
about catching it, you know. And I'll say right up top that my dad died of AIDS, so I mm. I've seen this this these kind of responses to it firsthand, and it's not black and white. There are good people that have some views that are incorrect. And I liked how the film didn't shy away from that. And I liked how they made Joe Miller, they gave him the character arc because as the film goes on, he starts to see Andrew Beckett as a person rather than someone with AIDS or rather than him being a gay person. Okay, it kind of yeah. it, it, it transcends those things by the end of the film. And that's what I thought was really special about this film. I loved watching this. I thought it was great. It was, um, it was a tough watch for me for my personal reasons that I mentioned, uh, but it was really good to revisit it. And I think the one scene that summed up that attitude towards the virus during that time, during the eighties and the early nineties is when Beckett is looking for a lawyer and he approaches Joe Miller and says, I need a lawyer because he gets fired. Yeah. And it's because he had AIDS. Well, they they covered it up saying that, you know, it was because he was on a case, a really high, like a quite a big case, and there was some paperwork that went missing. And I think because they knew he was unwell and he was heading to the hospital or he wasn't going to be near the office, that he could quickly come back to work to, you know, sort out this paperwork. They just, uh, they took it away from his desk and somehow erased it from his uh, yeah. computer and then suddenly yeah. last minute they found this document and they because of that one error that he did that's why they fired him but he knew yeah. that it was discrimination and that's why he he went through seven or more lawyers before he got to Denzel's they manufactured the missing paperwork didn't they so they yeah. had an excuse to fire him but really it was because they were prejudiced i'm not sure that this film would get made today because there were some scenes in it that made you feel uncomfortable there were some scenes in it that made me feel uncomfortable there was one where you said that beckett had approached seven or more lawyers before he approached miller and it's that scene where he goes into miller's office and miller says to beckett you don't look very well uh, and beckett says oh i have aids and they're just shaking hands at that point. And Miller backs away and it goes into a wide shot. And you see yeah. Miller just back as far away as he can into the back of the office. And I thought it was very important to show that because that was the view of a lot of people at that time. Okay. Oh, can I catch it from shaking your hand? Can I catch it from being close to you? No, you fucking can I ca Can I can't. catch it from you, from him touching, you know, yeah. the cigars and all the you know the table and sitting down kind of thing yeah. and he actually gets a doctor to come in just to clarify that information as well yeah and I, and I feel this was a very important film I feel like this may have changed a lot of people's perceptions and I think it was a very important thing to have this released when it was released in the in the early 90s because like I said I've seen those attitudes I've seen people and it's not it's, sometimes it's a case of people just being assholes, um, but a lot of the time it's just miseducation. It's people being misinformed. It's people not researching, not finding out the facts. And I, I liked, as you said, that um, Denzel's character got the doctor in, and, and the doctor said, "No, you can't catch it from sex. You can only catch it from uh, exchange Probably of bodily fluids, fluids from from sex." Um, yeah, and you know, coming into contact and needles, blood and, and needles thing, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, blood transfusion. There's another character yeah. in the film that contracted the virus from a blood transfusion. 
I thought this film did a, an excellent job at showing all of the different facets of the virus, the different attitudes towards the virus. And it wasn't black and white. It wasn't like there's a character that doesn't like gay people. Therefore he is bad. No, he's a good guy. Yeah. And he's just misinformed. And he even says, you know, I was brought up to believe that gay people are, are bad and they can influence you and stuff like that. And as much as I completely disagree with that viewpoint, some people yeah. are brought up that way and it's up to us as a society and as individuals to educate ourselves and make up our own minds about it. And I just, I, I, like I said, I don't think this film gets made today because of how politically that, correct we are. And, and in some ways that's a good thing, but there is a trade-off, I think. Um, well, go on. What was you going to say, mate? I was going to say, there, there's a really good TV show here called You Can't Ask That. And they do an episode about people who have HIV And HIV these days, I mean, it's not curable, but there's medication that you can take that you can, you can continue to live with, you know. It's not the death sentence it used to be. No, absolutely not. not. Yeah. It's really interesting. I highly recommend it. You can go on ABC iview and, um, and watch it there. I've written that down. I'd like to, yeah, it sounds interesting. I'd like to, like to watch some of that, mate. Thanks for that. There's some great topics. Yeah. What did you think of the point of view shots in this film? I didn't pick up on that, mate. What is there something specific oh, really? you're referring to? Yeah. There was a lot of shots, which I think it, it did my head in a little bit watching this film, where I think it was mainly aimed at Tom Hanks. Okay. Whenever someone was talking to him, there was a fair few shots that whoever was talking to him, they were talking face onto the camera. And also when he was on the stand, because obviously he was he wasn't feeling very well. There was um, the camera was like kind of woozing around while the opponent was talking, and it was kind of doing my head in. But yeah, there was I noticed a fair few POV shots in that aspect. Every time they were talking to Tom Hanks's character, it used to it was mostly in shot in POV, and I okay. I didn't really enjoy it that way. It's not something that I picked up on, so it can't have bothered me that much. Because I guess mm. that old cliche is that if something bothers you, you'll notice it. Like yeah. you won't notice the music unless it doesn't fit very well and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not something that I picked up on, mate. My favourite scene is Miller's reaction to when Beckett says that he has AIDS. Uh, I find mm. that found out the most poignant scene. But you know, I, I, I think because it's more personal to me, I've seen that reaction as a kid when someone would ask me what my father died of and I would say he died of AIDS. Sometimes they would back away. Has anyone asked you the question about if you've ever had it because your, your dad's had it? Um, no, I don't think so. No. I, I think it's kind of, it's no, never got that far because it was, it, maybe people are more educated these days. I, I think they are, but whenever it comes up now, it's not, an issue anymore and maybe part of that is because when it comes up I just if someone looks like they're uncomfortable then I try to educate people and I try to tell them the truth before it gets that far so no as a child I had some uncomfortable conversations but then you've got to remember that the people I was talking to they were also children so As an adult, no. As an adult, it's got a lot easier to have that that chat with people and it's not even an issue anymore. So no, I don't think anyone has asked me that question, mate, to be honest with you. 
this this I really enjoyed this film for personal reasons, as I said, but also because it has a few elements that I really enjoy in filmmaking, and that is that it was a courtroom drama. I love I love courtroom films anyway. I thought this this film did a very good job at talking about AIDS and homosexuality specifically, but I do feel like that it was more of an anti-discrimination message in general. And yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And I shed a tear more than once. What else have we got to say about Philadelphia? We've been talking about this for quite a while, haven't we? We've got deep on this one, haven't we? We've got very deep. I need need to make some knob gags or something. (laughs) Well, the only thing I was going to say is, because last week we we were saying whether this was based on a true story, it's based partly on a uh, AIDS discrimination lawsuit by Jeffrey Bowers, which I guess it wasn't as quick as how the movie shows how they got rid of him. I think it was a little bit longer. They they were kind of planning it. And the case took about six years. Okay. Uh, It's a very personal film to me. Um, I'm going to order it on Blu-ray, 9.5 out of 10. For me, I guess because of the whole, just some of the shots did my head in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. It's still, yeah. it's still a good film. I actually bought it this week. I um, bought a digital version because I, I remember yeah. watching it when I was younger and I, I thought it was great. Right. Let's move on to A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Um, that is a recent film, quite a recent one for us. We don't often do recent films, but this one came out in 2019 and it was directed by Mario Heller. And she directed a film called Can You Ever Forgive Me, which stars Melissa mm. McCarthy and um, bloke from With Now and I. Name has escaped me. Richard E. Grant, that's it. And that's really good, actually. I'd recommend, if you've not seen that, I'd recommend giving that a watch. That's a good okay. one. Okay, I'll hold on my um, the budget for this one was 25 million and the box office was 68. So it made its money back just about and then a little bit. The tagline reads, neighbor, icon and friend. And the synopsis reads, an award-winning cynical journalist, Lloyd Vogel. Yep. <laughs> an award-winning cynical journalist, Lloyd Vogel. Begrudgingly. You say begrudgingly. An award-winning, <laughs> an award-winning cynical journalist, Lloyd Vogel, begrudgingly accepts an assignment to write an Esquire profile piece on the beloved television icon Fred Rogers. After his encounter with Rogers, Vogel's perspective on life is transformed. Oh, that was a fucking task, mate, to get through that. Um, <laughs> so Tom Hanks as, as Fred Rogers. So I might get caught out a few times because I might accidentally refer to Fred Rogers as Ted Rogers. And actually, when I wrote that note, I actually wrote Ted Rogers down. And I don't know if you know who Ted Rogers is. He's a famous quiz no. guy that was famous in the 70s, I think, with, with quizzes and English quizzes. Mm. Three, two, one. That's an old reference for you. If, you, oh, yeah, if, you're, if you're older than 55 years old, you might get that because, you know, we have loads of old, get it. Old, Albert will get it. <laughs> Albert will get it, yeah. It's all right. You don't listen to this. We can slag him off no. as much as we want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Fred Rogers, we discussed the documentary that this was kind of based on. I wouldn't say loosely. I would say it was very heavily based on, actually. And I saw a lot of um, similarities between the way that the documentary was shot and the film was shot. And some of the creative choices, like um, they sort of used the show to uh, push the plot along in many ways. And we we opened with Fred Rogers. 
and uh, Tom Hanks is doing that. Hello, won't you be my neighbor? Welcome to the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day, and he does that song. And I, when it's it opened, a beautiful I was like, day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm gonna hate this. Um, I, but I, I agree. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was quite good. Spoiler alert. Um, mm. But Fred Rogers. So as I said, didn't know much about him uh, before seeing this film. And while I was watching it, I thought it feels like it was a really good casting of Tom Hanks as uh, Fred Rogers. And afterwards, when I saw the documentary. It was confirmed. It was a brilliant fucking cast. Yeah. Um, so Fred Rogers was kind of a Presbyterian minister uh, and a super nice dude. And I would say this has something in common with Philadelphia in that it's a film about Fred Rogers, but, well, it's more about the supporting, saying, quote, unquote, the supporting character, Lloyd Vogel, mm-hmm. in the way that Philadelphia is about the Joe Miller character and his changes of attitudes. I would say this is more about Lloyd Vogel and his changes of attitudes. He's going through some uh, struggle with his family. His father clearly wasn't present. He lost his mother at an early age and he's angry. He's pissed off with the world and he's a very cynical journalist and he's given this assignment to talk about Fred Rogers um, as a bit of a punishment. But anyway, he meets Fred Rogers and eventually he begins to infect Vogel with his positivity. And I thought that was a really good way of telling this story, uh, to be honest. I think it was a good decision to make Vogel the focus rather than Fred Rogers, because otherwise it might have been a little bit too much of Fred Rogers going, isn't, you know, let's all be positive and talk about our feelings. I might have got a bit fucking sick of it if it had gone on like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good, this film. Very nice message. Yeah, very lighthearted. Yeah. I've recommended this to our, well, my current colleague, he watches a film with a couple of his mates every couple of weeks. They choose a film that they've never watched before. And I said, you should watch this film because mm. it's really, it's really nice. I would definitely watch this. I feel like I could watch this again with my family and this would be a, a movie that we could all enjoy together. Did you see any like interviews with Tom Hanks talking about this film? Uh, I, I did actually. I, did, I saw a few and I listened to a few podcasts. What were you going to say about it? Oh, just like, because obviously, you know, actors do a bit of research when they're when they're doing this film, and he watched so many episodes of. Uh, was it called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Is that uh, what the TV show? Was I called? think or it was. Or, or won't will you be my neighbor? Was that? What I think it was, it was called? called Won't You Be My Neighbor, like the yeah. documentary. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure though. American listener, sure. you know, please correct us. Let me know. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what. Well, so what he watched a load of episodes of that. Oh, that must have done his head in. <laughs> yeah. I was amazed. He was talking about, you know, the sequence of him, you know, how he comes through the door and then he takes his, his, yeah. his jacket off and then puts the sweater on and then yeah. sits down and takes off his nice shoes and puts on his sneakers. And yeah. the sequence of doing that, like the timing of it. And he was talking about, you know, put the shoes that he would put on, were already half tied and they were a little bit bigger so they would fit perfectly. Yeah. And those like those type of things. Cause I think the first time he ever did that, he was doing that take, it took him like 22 times to properly Ideal. figure out exactly how to go through the timing. And they shot that in the actual studio where they 
where they did the program. Did they? Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So um, he was saying, I think there was a, a fair few of the staff that were still working there. They were a big fan of the show and had worked on the show. Yeah. So um, they gave Tom Hanks a bit of grief saying, you know, you know do, do the job correctly yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Rogers would have got this right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I quite liked this film. I really liked the message. It was a very positive and uplifting film. But after having seen the documentary, I think I would sooner go back to the documentary than the film. Because the thing that I enjoyed most about it was the Fred Rogers character. I did enjoy the way they used Vogel as the kind of main character of the film. But what I enjoyed most about it was the message and talking about uncomfortable things with children. And we we mentioned in the first section about as a kid, I would have liked to have an outlet for things that concerned me. And that's what I really got out of this film more than anything. So I think I would rather go back to the film because uh, to the documentary, um, I didn't care for the miniature stuff too much. You know, when they were, there was, for instance, a traveling the scene and I would have the, yeah, that they had like the, the cars, the like the claymation cars, mm. and the puppetry and all that stuff. I get why they did it because they were sort of uh, mimicking the documentary and the show. I guess as a a British viewer, that was kind of lost on me a little bit because I'm not familiar with the show. Maybe if I was mm. more familiar with the show, that might have had more of an effect on me. Tom Hanks, I mean, kind of a little bit spoilt by Tom Hanks. Really, you just expect him to be good. And he is. There's a couple of these films that I've never seen, like the Dan Brown stuff. I've never seen the Angels and Demons and that sort of thing because they just mm. don't really interest me. Interest me yeah. too well. But my gut feeling is that even if they're bad, he'd still be good in them. Mm. And he's he's just a great dude, isn't he? He just I always describe Tom Hanks as the person that you want to be your your dad. Um, yeah. If you could choose, uh, Tom, I want Tom Hanks to be my dad. <laughs> It's not one that I would purchase. I watched it on Now TV and I think I'm done with it, but I might buy the documentary. It was pretty good. It was, it was a lovely film. Um, a bit contrived with the, all of the journalist stuff. As much as I enjoyed it, it was very convenient that he happened to be going through this struggle. And it was kind of based on a real life journalist as well, albeit that, um, I forget the real journalist's name now, but... Um, Tom, Tom Juno. Is it, was it Tom Juno? Was he in, mm. in the documentary? Was he one of the he talking was, heads? Uh, yeah, he was actually. Yeah, he was is he, one of the talking heads. Is he the one that looks exactly like Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Because oh, yeah, when I he first came on, I thought, why is Joaquin Phoenix a talking head in a Fred Rogers documentary? <laughs> Honestly, I, could, I thought he was a spitting image. I watched something on YouTube saying, like it said, you know, how realistic the film was. And 90, 95% of it was pretty much on point. The only things were that, you know, the journalist's name wasn't the same, as well as a few of, the, you know, his his wife and his dad's name. Um, the relationship that he had with, with his dad wasn't as severe as it was shown yeah. in the film. And just, like, little things like that. And, like, the whole tent thing. In the film, as uh, Lloyd meets Fred for the first time, Mr. Rogers is trying to build, is trying to set up a tent, but he struggles building this tent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then Fred Rogers, he's like, oh, they're like, oh, should we go for another take? And he looks at the camera, he's like, no, no, let's, let's keep that take because, yeah. you know, no one is perfect. And, mm. you know, sometimes you need a hand to, to help out with things. 
And in the production, when they actually did the show, he walks out the door and the tent is already built up. But there is actual footage of him trying to build this tent. And they showed it on, I think it was David Letterman, maybe. And he mentioned how, you know, oh, maybe, you know, it's, he showed it on that show saying, you you know, sometimes you need a hand. So that's how they changed it a little bit compared to real life and the movie kind of thing. So a little bit of artistic license. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Should we get to scoring it? Final thoughts on the film? Yeah. It was a lovely film. It was a great performance from, from Tom Hanks. I liked how it subtly let us know that Fred Rogers wasn't a perfect human. He had an outlet and that there was a very beautiful scene. I think it was the final scene where he's playing a piano. And earlier on in the film, he had said, when I'm angry, maybe I do, I hit some low notes on a piano. And he did it on the final scene. He just went like that. And I thought that was a really perfectly subtle way of showing that he wasn't a perfect human. He had some feelings that you wouldn't describe as positive, as we all do. So I liked the subtlety of it. I enjoyed it. I didn't care for the miniature stuff. Um, Overall, good, wholesome film experience. I would go and revisit a documentary before I revisit this film. But it was good. And I would give it an 8 out of 10. Same. Yeah. Mine would be an 8 out of 10. Awesome. Awesome. We're done with Tom Hanks then. That was a heavy one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's let's move on. We're going to be picking the topic and the films for the next episode. As you did two weeks on the bounce last time, I'm doing two weeks on the bounce this time, so we're evening it out again. Yeah. For no particular reason whatsoever, I decided to choose snow-based films. So as I chose the topic, I'm going to go first. I'm going to give you my three. Then you're going to give me your three. We're going to knock four out of each other's list to come up with a final two. My three films. My first choice is Frozen. Not that one before you get excited. Yeah, cool. (laughs) (laughs) My second choice is Wind River. With Jeremy Renner. And choice number three is The Thing. The fo- I've got The Thong. The yeah. Thong. <laughs> That's a the different thong. film. That's a different film entirely. The, the Thing. Right, so what have you got? All right. Number one is 30 Days of Night. Ooh, okay. 30 Days of Shite, as Sarah would of say. <laughs> she hates it. She thinks um, it's crap and I don't oh, get really? it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. I, it's, been, it's been a very long time since I've seen it. All right. Um, the second, my second choice is The Mountain Between Us. Never heard of this. Kate Winslet. And classic, number three, Cool Running. Hey. <laughs> Brilliant. Nice uh, mix of choices there between us, actually. Yeah. Um, so to recap then, I have chosen Frozen, not that one. It's very important that I mention that it's not the musical Disney one, Frozen. It's the Adam Green sure? one. I'm sure. Uh, Frozen, Wind River, and a thing. And you have chosen 30 Days of Night, The Mountain Between Us, and Cool Runnings. Um, I'm going to knock out The Mountain Between Us. Oh. No hesitation. <laughs> no big Kate Winslet fan. Well, I, when you mentioned it, I, d- I didn't recognize it. But as time has moved on, it does sound familiar to me. And I think it might be what I would call sentimental bollocks. Sure. I've never watched it before. I've just 
no i mean either so it's probably unfair to say that but <laughs> i like really like your other two picks so personal yeah but i'm keeping the other two in frozen wind river or the thing what are you going to knock out first Mm-mm-mm-mm. i'm gonna get rid of the thing <gasps> are you should i i don't know well it's your choice i'm just surprised uh, i just, i i I'm just surprised. It's your choice. Don't <laughs> let me influence you in any way. Oh yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to get rid of the thing. It was what fuck I initially you. was. <laughs> so I will start with Frozen then. So Frozen mm-hmm. was directed by Adam Green. It was released in 2010. It's 93 minutes long. The tagline reads, no one knows you're up there. And the synopsis is... When three skiers find themselves stranded on a chairlift at New England Ski Resort that has closed for the next week, they are forced to make life or death choices that prove to be more perilous than staying put and freezing to death. So that was Frozen. I I, I must say as well, I've not seen either of these two films. Wind River, directed by Taylor Sheridan. It was released in 2017. It's 107 minutes long. The tagline is, nothing is harder to track than the truth. And the synopsis reads, an FBI agent teams up with the town's veteran game tracker to investigate a murder that occurred on a Native American reservation. So they're my two films. Oh, I guess it's my turn to synopsize you. So 30 days of night. The tagline is, they are coming. And the synopsis is, this is a story of an isolated Alaskan town that is plunged into darkness for a month each year when the sun sinks below the horizon. As the last rays of light fade, the town is attacked by bloodthirsty gangs of vampires bent on an uninterrupted orgy of destruction. Only the small town's husband and wife sheriff team stand between the survivors and the certain destruction. So that's 30 days of night. Yep. And cool runnings! Uh, tagline is one dream for can- uh, for Canadians, for Jamaicans. What am I saying? Uh, 20 below zero. And the synopsis is when a Jamaican sprinter is disqualified from the Olympic Games, he enlists the help of a dishonored coach to start the first Jamaican bobsleigh team. I've seen both of my films. I haven't seen either of your films. It's exactly the same. I've seen both of yours, mm. not seen either of mine. It's a tough choice for me. 30, I really enjoy 30 Days of Night. As I said a couple of times, Sarah calls it 30 Days of Shite, and I have no idea why. <laughs> I think it's great. And Cool Runnings is a childhood favourite of mine. I remember watching this on a coach on a school trip to France and just enjoying it with my mates. So I'm kind of torn between your two. Oh, Jamaica, we have a bobsleigh team. Or Josh Hartnett <laughs> does kills some vampires. Um, <laughs> I am going to... Okay, I've made my choice. Yeah. For two reasons. Number one, I own it on Blu-ray and I've not watched it since I've purchased it. And... 30 days of night. And I've chosen it for (laughs) the pod a couple of times and you've knocked it out. Yeah. And Sarah fucking hates it. And I want to know why. All right, so we're going to keep with 30 days of night in your list then. uh, And you've got to choose between Frozen and Wind River. I think I'm going to go Wind River. You're going to knock out Frozen? Yeah, because okay. it seems quite maybe similar to 30 Days of Night. I mean, Wind River is probably also quite dark and scary. Maybe Less vampires in Wind River, I think. Fair enough. So 
for our next episode then we're going to be talking about two snow-based films quote unquote we're going to be chatting wind river the jeremy renner one and 30 days a night or sorry 30 days a shite <laughs> i've got a few honorable mentions 30 days a night was was one if you didn't choose it that would have been that was one i was definitely considering putting on hot tub time machine because you know bit of a goof yeah misery but I just didn't fancy watching that again. Um, Snowpiercer, we've done that before though. Oh yeah. Hateful Eight, I had a feeling that you might choose the Hateful Eight. Oh yeah, there was on. That's on my honourable mentions. Okay, the last one I've not seen it, but I've heard it's a very good film. It's called Force Majeure. I've got Dumb and Dumber. Oh shit, Aspen, <laughs> where the beer flows like wine. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Um. Samsonite. <laughs> oh we could have done dumb and dumber gags all fucking episode i missed a trick that's all right we'll um we'll get on there at some point yeah um another film which i've never i couldn't see it on any streaming service but it's called the big white don't ask me what it's about but it was porn. snow in it yeah okay <laughs> the revenant but neither of us will watch uh, and review that yeah, film yeah. um ice age Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no okay no it's a children's film uh dead snow oh yeah i'd like to see that actually yeah yeah um i didn't see it on any streaming service or anything hmm. uh match of the penguins eternal sunshine of a spotless mind i don't yeah. know if that's fully in the snow but yeah no but there are some very memorable scenes in the snow yeah and The Shining? Good choice. Yeah, mm. The Shining. Snow-based films then. Next episode. Brilliant. Um, that will be out in January sometime. So yes. topical for the UK. Sometimes we get snow in January. You get a fucking load of sunshine in January, didn't you? Yeah. It's fucking hot. Oh. Yeah. You're right there. Have a little stretch. Yeah. I'm just getting my charger because my phone's about to die. And I don't oh, want dear. it to die to die while i'm saying my stitch up review and as you've mentioned that let's move on then before your phone dies to stitch up yeah. and you've lost four in a row and you had to Have watch I? mac and me yeah this is your fourth in a row which is a record for you you're tied with me now on the record four on the bounce uh, and you had to watch mac and me so what can you tell me about this wonderful film mac and me uh came out in 1988 Directed by Stuart Little. What? Stuart Little. Oh, sorry, I was just making a mouse joke. Synopsis. Eric's new in the neighbourhood, Max new on the planet. Well, that's, that's clearly the tagline. Um, and now the synopsis. A mysterious alien creature, Mac. See how Mac is spelled as mysterious alien creature? Anyway, moving on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just assumed that was because of McDonald's product placement, but anyway. I, I, yeah, I also thought <laughs> that too. But when I read the synopsis, it's like, oh, that's how they got Mac. Double entendre. Oh, that's not right. Es- <laughs> Sorry. Uh, escaping from, from the nefarious NASA agents is befriended by a young boy in a wheelchair. Together, they try to find Mac's family from whom he has been separated. Yeah, I thought Mac was, it came from Big Mac because they, at one point, go to Macca's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of notorious for very unsubtle product placement, this film, isn't it? McDonald's mm-hmm. and Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is one, I think. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't they love drinking Coke? Oh my gosh, yeah. They're like, yeah. it's like, oh, they, they can't have any other fluids and then they drink Coke and they're addicted and they, uh, <laughs> they go, at, the, at the end of the movie, they raid a supermarket and try and steal all this Coca-Cola because they're so thirsty. These yeah. are all the aliens, by the way. Um, so, yeah, really bizarre film. It's kind of a remake of E.T., I yeah, haven't seen E.T. in a very long time. So I feel, Me neither. I feel like I needed, I should, I should have probably watched E.T. and watched this at the same time to compare yeah. uh, both films, but I didn't do that. So sorry, <laughs> listeners. We'll have to settle for um, Mac and me. So uh, I guess NASA lands either on Mars or the moon. I think it, it looks like Mars. It looks like Mars, yeah. I watched the first 20 minutes because on, on Netflix, they've got Mystery Science Theater 3000 and they did an episode on Mac and Me where they just do like a commentary of the film. So I watched the first oh. 20 minutes. I watched up until the point where they escape the NASA <laughs> complex and they get on the highway. And then I turned yeah. it off so I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> I'm done. It looked like Mars though, yeah. Yeah, right. it looked like Mars. So um, Mac's family is uh, on Mars and NASA lands on there and they're, they're just, you know, getting some rocks, obviously, to, you know, do some research. And somehow the aliens get sucked in this vacuum and have been brought back to Earth uh, where they come out and, you know, they escape. But Mac's family goes a different way into the desert where Mac kind of hides in this little boy's family car and yeah. he moves into, I forgot, I forgot the, the young boy's name. Elliot. Um, Elliot. Is it really Elliot? No, it's not. It's I was going to say, that's a kid well, from ET, isn't it? We'll, we'll call him Elliot. Yeah, might as well. Elliot. Let's find out. Oh, he's, the little boy's name, Eric. So Eric, Elliot... Potato, yeah. potato. <laughs> um, so they move him, uh, Eric and his, uh, and his family move into a new neighbourhood. And um, as he's unpacking, weird things are happening. So his, his mum puts a TV down in his room that hasn't even been connected yet. And next minute the TV's working. He's like, how is this, how is this even possible? And then his mum mm. walks in and, and then suddenly turns up. So he's... He's like, oh, all of these weird things are happening. After a day or so, he finds Mac playing, you know, playing with his uh, remote control uh, car and stuff and controlling things. And then there's drills going into the walls and his mum losing shit. And he's like, mum, it was the alien. It was this, it was this alien. She goes, oh, you know, how's that even possible? And then slowly, yeah. slowly, you know, his brother starts to realise and next door neighbour, she, um, she, gets to meet Mac and and Mac ends up getting feeling a little bit down because he's lost his family yeah he's lost his family I I he needs to drink some coke that would make him feel better yeah I think once he and I think he's hasn't had any fluid so he has a little bit of coke and uh, that rehydrates him yeah and then NASA kind of figures out where his coordinates are and they go to the house to you know potentially take Mac back yeah and they do a little bit of surveillance in the house and they're like oh what are we gonna do and uh Elliot uh Elliot 
Elliot. Eric. It's all right. Call him Elliot. Who cares? His yeah. knee T rip yeah. off. So I might as well call him Elliot. <laughs> Um, Eric has, uh, has been invited to the neighbours. She's got a birthday party at, at McDonald's, funnily enough. And they go to the party, but they obviously have to bring Mac with them. And it's like, oh, how are we going to disguise him? And he's got this big old teddy bear. So they cut, cut, take all the stuffing out and put Mac in it so they can take the teddy bear to, to the McDonald's party. Did you ever have a McDonald's party when you were younger? Was that, was um, that a thing yeah. in the UK? Yeah, I did. There was, um, in my hometown of Southend on sea, there are two McDonald's and the one closest to the seafront used to have a pirate ship in it. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was maybe my 10th or 11th birthday. We went to Quasar, which is called Laser Quest in other places. And then we went Mm. to McDonald's and we went on a pirate ship and it was great. So yes, we have Uh, had them. I think in, um, in Melton, they've got like a tram or a train. It's where they have their party. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like I don't know. Oh, no, they don't have that anymore. I think that's what they used to have. They have the party room. Instead of a pirate ship, they used to have a tram or a train. In Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In Melton. Melton was the suburb okay. kind of close by to me. Yeah, we don't have it anymore. I think they got rid of the pirate ship. I don't think yeah. they really do kids' parties the way they used to. It's not the same. No. Bunch of burgers, a couple of party hats. Play a few little games, go on the yeah. playground, done. Nostalgia. So, yeah, nostalgia. <laughs> um, so they take they take Mac in this teddy bear outfit. At the party, someone puts some music on and they start dancing and then Mac starts dancing really cool. And everyone's like, oh, how is this bear doing all these weird dance moves? Bear? <laughs> they call it a bear? Yeah, because Mac is in a bear suit, so they, oh, they right. don't realise. Like Gooby? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Gooby, but they think it's an actual teddy bear. It's like, oh, wow, well, this, this robot teddy bear is doing all this dancing. <laughs> that would um, be my first and, assumption as well. Yeah. And then I think NASA finds them and they're like, all right, shit, we need to run. So they run off and then they find this sign that, you know, Mac is trying to tell them this is where my family is. And it's a, a massive billboard. He's like, oh, okay, let's let's go down this road. And they find find his family in a cave and they're very thirsty. They're very dehydrated and they had like three cans of Coke. So not enough for, or uh, yeah, not enough for each family member. And then all of a sudden, as I said, they go to a supermarket and they try to steal all of this food and, and cans of drink and, you know, the police get onto them. Oh yeah. And then there's a bit of a shootout. Young boy, Eric gets shot and he's oh, dead. No. But I think I'm pretty sure that they save him. The aliens, they all come together and do some ritual thing in front of each other. Then all of a sudden he revives again. I hope I got that right. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Did you watch this? Did you watch I it did. properly? No, I did watch it. I, I did watch I it. I feel like that. Like you should know how it ends, really. No, well, I'll tell you how it ends. Next minute, they all become American citizens. Yeah, no, Mac, um, Eric is alive because they... They kind of adopt him as a family. In a Thank way. God for that. And they all become, the aliens become American citizens. And that's how this story <sighs> ends. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, this sounds fucking terrible. It, it was, I thought it wasn't as bad as, I thought it was like, compared to the last few stitch-ups that I, I've had to watch. Not the worst stitch-up. N- no. Yeah. I feel I, like if you were 
not saying that I have ever had drugs or anything, but I feel like if you were high or, or se- severely drunk with your mates, this would be like the perfect movie to put on. What was that movie that you had to watch? Extraterrestrial Visitors. When you were describing this, I was thinking of extraterrestrial visitors, particularly when you were talking about controlling electronic equipment. That was that was a lot of fun to watch on my <laughs> own. So to watch with people would be a good laugh, I think. Um, yeah. All right. What score then? What what score you got on Mac and me? I'm going to give it a three out of ten. I not didn't bad. think it was that bad. Yeah. N- not bad for a stitch up. Awesome. Three out of ten for Mac and me. So let's let's move on to the next part then of stitch up where we've got to find out who lost the poll. You put this poll on and I chose for you Breaking Wind and you chose for me Sunday School Musical. So let's find out. Is it five weeks in a row for you or are you breaking Am I breaking the wind? Are you breaking the wind? And is it going to be me that's going to be watching a stitch-up film? Please reveal the results. Uh, So there's a total of seven, right? Okay, so we've got a clear winner. No tiebreaker this time. Very close, though. Uh, Dan? (laughs) Sorry, mate, you have to watch this film. No! I mean, if you if you can't find Sunday Musical, I can't wait to hear your review on Breaking, Breaking Wind. Wind. <laughs> okay, Sunday School Musical. Fucking, that sounds awful. Awful. <laughs> all three of those words, I hate all three of those words. Sunday, it's the worst day of the week. School, because who, who likes school? And the worst day of the week. Musical. Yeah, it's the worst day of the week. Sunday School Musical. okay then so for the next voting poll then um and it's my turn to put this on i've gone first the last couple of times so i think you should go first this time to reveal what you're gonna put on next week's poll Mm. it's called the amazing bulk (laughs) sounds great the amazing bulk like the Um, amazing hulk but bulk oh do you think do you think it's a rip-off of Hulk? I reckon it might be. I wondered if it was about bodybuilding or about inappropriate uh, gentlemen's area. Anyway, um, <laughs> the amazing bulk. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, for you, I've got two down. I've got two written down. Do I go for this or do I go for that? You go for this. I'm, shall I go for this? All right, I'll go for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose for you a film what is called The Love Guru. Oh, is this Mike Myers? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> I think I've seen it. Oh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It yeah. looks horrible. <laughs> it's got terrible reviews. And I was I was looking at it because uh, there was one other film, which I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I was really considering put that on because I've got a new genre that I'm going to start picking for you because this is a genre I think mm. you, <laughs> it might be quite funny to you talk about it. But I'm not going to reveal what that is because I might choose it next time. Uh, but I decided mm. to go for this film instead. So I will put that poll on. And if you want to vote for Nicole to watch The Love Guru, you'll be able to find that on my Instagram page at flick.face. You can catch up with the show on Instagram at the Twin Picks pod. No, just Twin Picks pod. No, the, just Twin Picks pod. Mm-hmm. If you want to email us, you can email us at twinpixpod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, you can do it at ko-fi.com slash the Twin Picks podcast. You can find me on Chikanika or Nika Creative on instagram hope you had a great christmas we won't 
catch up with you again until the new year. So happy new year. Yeah. Uh, and I hope you have a great time and a better 2021 than this current year has been. And we'll catch up with you next time. So we'll just say goodbye to Mr. Norris. Mr. Norris. And see you next Tuesday, Australia. <laughs>